Hello, hello. We are here back with another episode. This is what I do now of Down and Dirty with Danit. Because on my last episode, I said that and my and the comedian still said my name wrong. So I'm going to pronounce it Danit, D-A-N-I-T. I had somebody actually ask me if that was my real name the other day. Another comedian. I said, yes, yes, it was. Unfortunately, my parents spelled it wrong, in English at least, when you're translating it. Should have been, the I should have been two E's, but alas, here we are, down and dirty with Denise. And I have a very special guest, a really funny man who had 17 spots at Sesh Comedy this summer. He's looking at me like I can't remember, I can't believe she remembers that fact. And I do, because we walk to the subway together. Okay, please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, 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 what's going on? Uh, it is I, uh, the king of sesh comedy, uh, the crowning achievement of my career. Uh, it is Khalid Rahman. I'm a comedian and uh, rock on tour here in New York City. And I'm happy to be here on Down and Dirty with Danit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let's just get into it because I have a feeling that this pot, this episode is going to, we're going to get down and dirty more than other, more previous, uh, the previous episodes. It hasn't been as dirty recently, but I think, I think you and I are going to change that. Um, what is your current relationship status? Sure. Uh, currently, I am in a couple of really nice open relationships uh, with two wonderful ladies. Uh, I've been dating one lady since January and another uh, since June. Mm. Uh, I love yous have been exchanged, Damn. both ladies. Damn. I've met family. What? Uh, with one lady, I'm gonna back. I'm going back there tomorrow morning, actually seven four twenty five a.m. to meet uh, to go to Thanksgiving um, with one lady friend's family who I met this summer down wow. at their uh, at their. This is the uh, January lady. Yes. Okay, I'm assuming just and, longer. And then yesterday or two days ago, I just got back from being away with the other lady uh, up in the, in the Poconos, which was really nice. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been wonderful. So I was, you know, doing monogamy, uh, most of my life up until okay. last year and just doing it badly, getting straight okay. apps, just like okay. most, mostly cheating, uh, oh. being a dog, feeling really bad about myself cause I was doing wrong and also just always very uncomfortable in those relationships. And after this latest one flamed out, I thought, you know what? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again yeah. and expecting a different result. Truth. Let me try something different. Uh, we're in New York City. I know lots of people who are open. Mm -hmm. One of my best buddies has been in open relationships for a, like years now, eight years okay. at least. And he seems pretty happy. I definitely get energy from meeting different people and like spending time and getting to know different people. So that helps a lot too. And I've, been, I've never felt more supported. Oh, before I go to go any further. Yeah. Uh, so I'm dating those, those two ladies. I think I would probably consider like cumulatively my 
primary partners, I guess. Yeah. Most people okay. have one primary partner, but I guess they're they're my two ride or dies, I guess. And I also like see okay. a couple other ladies uh, periodically okay. as well. Okay, okay, we gotta, we gotta. I, I have. <laughs> I love you. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> that was so New York. Island and it's coming out. Um, I was so New York. I love that so oh much. Oh my god. I mean, my thick Long Island okay. accent, although I always call it's, myself a native New Yorker and people yell at me, but I'm like, yo, I, I still am a native New Yorker. And I've just, I've been in the city a long time. Here, here's, here's my first gut reaction. I have sure. two first gut reactions. I am fucking exhausted listening to you. Okay. Because <laughs> I would literally have to shave my legs so frequently that it would make me so tired to keep up with all of that. <laughs> the second thing is a self-deprecating reaction of, wow, you said I love you to two people that you're in relationships with, and I would just like one. And can he have a job and a 401k and health insurance? That's Guess what? <laughs> Your boy got two jobs. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have a four one k option. I think we might at my day job. Are you saving uh, for yeah. retirement, sir? I am saving for retirement. I have a stash account. Okay. Uh, where I have a very uh conservative uh deposit every month from my paycheck Boys. that goes Boys. straight to retirement. Um, and that's really good. So it's been a, it's been a new development. This I've kind of changed my life for the better pretty radically during this last two years of pandemic. Situation. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I you're, I realize success story of COVID, sort of, you know. Yeah, it's wild. Like in in March of 2020, I was burnt out. I had done 28 days of comedy in Jesus. February, every single day just comedy, and then 29 days in January, and oh. I was just uh yeah, I wasn't creative. I wasn't making new material i was just okay. doing stuff because i guess i was supposed to right. and then when everything got shut down i got the chance to sit and think about my life and i was right. like oh this is not good wait I, I have to ask mm -hmm. this and i feel like you're mm -hmm. you're gonna this is gonna be an open conversation but i always say can i ask you can i ask you how old you are sure yeah i'm i'm 44. you're 44 Okay. Yeah, I turned 44 in August. I'm and, 38. Uh, I feel better with you on here. <laughs> thanks. You look great. You look great. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I we, we got good genes in my family. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I do have Botox Absolutely. on my forehead, but now I have bangs. But but we we look young. Oh, I love bangs. We look young, except my grandmother, who's been gone a long time, but she was super wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> No, you like God rest her God rest her wrinkly soul. I said to my mom, why is I would always be like, Mom, why is grandma so wrinkly? And my mom would always be like, me. Wow. Wow. Y'all are savages. That is crazy. I'm like, what's a hysterectomy? I was like six. I'm like, Grandma, that is buck that? wild. I have had allergies and like nose. I have a deviated septum, like bad nose my whole life. I, there are a couple things, you know, when you have a memory and you could actually feel it, yep. I can feel my grandma's wrinkly fingers putting Vaseline on my nose because it was. <laughs> this is good material. This is great. This is great. Yeah. I okay, love your family okay, so tree. 
so 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 uh okay so you're of a certain age that you rightfully so should take a seat and think about your life a hundred percent yeah i feel in every aspect so like financially i was working part-time i was doing comedy full-time okay and i just wasn't saving anything i wasn't getting anywhere i had, I had two roommates that I, that I was really frustrated with oh yeah and i was like hey man you gotta change okay this all of this i was not in a good relationship at the okay. time um just really kind of like floating okay. and that that sit down of the pandemic really made me think deeply about what i want so i made right. some changes like i got a full-time job in customer service a remote job which is perfect for right now and totally moving forward paid all the bills took nice. a ton of pressure off um I didn't do comedy from March through July of 2020. Okay. And that time off was very, very helpful. Uh, I did Zoom stuff, but I didn't do any live stuff. Right, right, right. And yeah, I just started looking at different sources of income also within comedy. So I, I've been doing these Zoom corporate shows for the last like a year and a half. They've been nice. awesome. They actually pay really real money and and are, are actually fun to do. Do you have to uh, do start doing material for those? Yeah. For corporates, yeah. Yeah, for corporates. It's not that hard though. I can do like fun edgy stuff but nothing too crazy yeah. but it's like it's a good paycheck and it's fun and um it's something people need right now who are working at home and then i started doing voiceover uh for a company that's like an audible.com competitor and okay. i i research write and record original uh stories about celebrities before they made it big and oh, that's cool. been really really fun yeah that's been good that's like a, a nice again a nice like little paycheck and started writing commercials again for um for this agency that works with tv tv shows so i'm doing real housewives right now <gasps> which one which so which, one of which... the ladies from the real housewives is getting a spinoff and that is the most i can say about it it's either portia or karen huger i know about the spinoffs okay listen i'm a bravo can... lady <laughs> all i ask and let the listeners be our witnesses is that Please, you don't have to commit, but please think about me if you have any events that you can go on as a person that's writing a commercial for a Bravo housewife. Okay. If you have an event where you're going to see some housewives, I think let I'm, me be I, your plus one. I am but a lowly scribe. <laughs> I'm a contract player, but I will let yeah. you know if anything pops up, I will definitely bring you and you can put on your fanciest cocktail dress. Oh yeah. I would definitely Absolutely. buy th something uh, from Nordstrom and keep the tags on and then return it after yeah. the event. <laughs> oh, that's that's my move. That's my move. I'm like the king of returns. But yeah, uh, so like I, okay. I started like professionally, professionally I turned things around and then I got yeah. my own place, my own nice. apartment. That was a huge step. And then I was like, let me address my romantic life. Okay. And I, st I, st I stutter stepped into being open. Okay. I started dating a woman right before the pandemic. We kept dating during the early days of the pandemic. At the very beginning, I was like, yeah, I'd love to be have to, for this to be an open relationship. And she was like, hmm, I don't think that's for me, mm -hmm. but why don't we re revisit that later? And at that okay. point, I should have said, no thanks. Right. Uh, because you are not into this and you're hoping I change my mind or you're hoping to convince me. Uh -huh. Instead, I was like, it's the pandemic. Let me just be with this person. Wow, and that was a weird we time. Ended up, 
it was a weird time and and no one wanted to be alone in hindsight i understand why decisions were made the way they were and you know we kind of imploded after like a few months um and i just came out i was like i don't don't want to be i don't want to be in a monogamous relationship and she was like this is so dumb you're making a bad big mistake and you know that's how it is i guess and then i started Mm -hmm. dating someone else and again i was like I like this to be an open relationship. And okay. she was like, she was like, um, I'm open to that. Okay. But I like, for, I like for there to be a period of monogamy at first to establish trust and, and, uh, respect and boundaries, okay. and then we can revisit it. Okay. And I was like, okay. But in, instead, what I should have said was, let's talk about this. When you say period of monogamy, what were you thinking? I right. didn't say that. I okay. was just like, okay. And then one day we were we were out at Target on a camping trip, and I was like, "So, uh, when you said period of monogamy, what were you thinking?" And she goes, "Well, I was thinking uh, a period of monogamy could mean anywhere from six months to uh, two years." And I was like, "Oh, uh, shit. yeah." But also, as she and then she goes, "What were you thinking?" And of course, I'm a comedian; I always go for the joke, mm-hmm. even when it's not appropriate. And I said, oh, "I was thinking Talera was like a vaccine." <laughs> <laughs> And that did not go over well. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we did not make it, to say the least. Um, okay. We lasted about, I don't know, five months. And then I had a period of being alone and thinking more. Okay. And I was like, you know what? No more half-stepping. I got to go all in, just like try this non-monogamy thing and just be straight. From the very beginning, I'm dating people who are also interested in not being monogamous. And it's been really great since then. I reached out to a woman who I'd been dating a couple of years beforehand, who I always thought about, who I really liked. We had a magical time dating, but it didn't work out. And I just told her where I was at. And she was like, I need to think about this. And she took a month and a half, did not get back to me. Okay. And she was true to her word. She thought about it. And then she reached out at her, at a time of her choosing and said, I thought about it and I'd like to see you and give this a try. And, and is she the January woman? Yeah, in January. Okay, okay. And um, we'll call them B and J. So B, is, these are their, their initials. B. J. Blowjob. Okay, keep going. hey <laughs> So B, <laughs> B said, I'm going to think about this. And um, she thought about it. And we've been dating ever since January. And it's been one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, I met J in June. And we started dating and it's been great also. She, they're very different, but also similar in some ways. And it's just been really wonderful. Um, I've never felt more loved and supported. And I've never felt wow. like I've given given more love and support in my life. Okay. I mean, I'm taking it in because, I, okay, first of all, I guess I want to know how long did you and B date the first time when it was trying to be monogamous? Sure. So we were never like official coupled up monogamous the okay. first time we dated so the first time we dated we actually never went out we talked on hinge and then i was seeing someone i, I was someone else was in the mix and i was like you know what okay. i gotta see where things go with her so i'm sorry i'm not gonna be able to go out on a date with you and she was disappointed and she was like i understand then i, I that didn't work out with the okay. other person so i reached back out to her a few months later and she was like let's go out we went out and we started dating for a couple months okay and then stupidly i was still in my whole like old way of thinking and like not really solid and i was like 
ah, someone else is coming to the picture again. Okay. I need to see where things go with her. And she was like, listen, this is the second time. Just so you know, if you make this decision, I am probably not going to give you another chance. So make it carefully. I can't say never for sure, but right. make it very carefully because I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> she uh, And I, I said, you know what? I know I might be making a big mistake, but I feel like it's the right thing. I got to see what things go with this other person. Things didn't work out with that other person. Cut to a year later, and then I have all these realizations. I reach out again. She waits a month and a half and right, thinks about right, it. And right. then we start dating. We've been dating for like almost a year now, and it's been really, really sweet. I'm going to see her family again tomorrow. Um, and then she's going to come to my stepdad and my and my stepmom. I'm sorry, my dad and my stepmom's Thanksgiving okay. for half the day on Thanksgiving. We'll do the other half at her family's place, but I'm going to stay at her family's place for from tomorrow through Saturday. Do you want to have children or do no. you already have children? No, I don't have children and I don't want them. And it's been a very important thing because yes. B and J are both very, very firm and not wanting children. They're also, they're both 40. Um, okay. So they're age appropes. Hey, yo, okay. who's the hero? This guy. <laughs> uh, men, men want credit for everything, even things we don't uh -huh. deserve credit for. <laughs> no, but that makes so, a big difference because they're both open to this situation yes. and being non-monogamous because they don't want a family unit in that way. Like how would you have a baby in the mix? Not how necessarily. I mean, I, well, I have, I'm dating those two and I have, there's a couple other ladies who I see periodically. Okay. And one of them is married and has two kids and she's separated. Okay. Um, and so she's co-parenting and then you know, I've dated people in the past who have who are non-monogamous who have kids and and are married and still married and like, you know, still very much parents. Right, but then but you're you're not I guess I guess if you and B want mm -hmm. it, let's just say you and B had a child, you you're not going away for a weekend with Jay. No, probably not. I mean, unless you basically are king of the fucking world and do whatever you want. <laughs> No, but I think it's they, very important. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very important that your life changes in the direction of a more stable family oriented situation when you have kids. I think it's your life 100%. should change in that way. Yeah. And um, I totally see that. I mean, my thing is that I um, I have for sure never been happier. Okay. And my dad actually, my my parents both know. That was okay. a big part for me, telling my parents that I'm like non-monogamous, seeing a couple people. And um, what's interesting is my dad said that he was telling my stepmom that this non-monogamy thing is so suited for me and that I should have been doing it years earlier because he's oh. never seen me so happy. He said that he just told me, he was like, yeah, we were talking about you the other day. You're just so happy. And I think that's a big part of it, just like realizing this about myself and like being able to be honest in like my truth of just like this is what I'm doing and right. uh yeah I, I it's been the best year of my life so I can't complain and and are they dating other men yeah so um Jay has a another guy she sees pretty regularly who seems like a really sweet guy this is a great story she we went away to the Poconos this weekend okay. and this guy hooked up his corporate discount for our rental car to help us out with like our trip 
because he was like, oh, you guys should totally use my discount because like cars are so expensive right now. Right. Just the sweetest, nicest guy who just like wants to help and like be nice. You know, like, and it made me feel so much. That made me feel so much better about her dating him. And I already was like on board with her dating someone else and being happy with someone else because I, I think of it as like the more people who are on Team J, the happier I am. Right. Like in terms of like some people supporting her, loving her, and um, it's just wonderful that he's just it's so like giving and nice. And then like when I went away with Jay to Boston this summer for a Red Sox trip, B texted me. Um, while we were on the tr on the bus waiting to, to take off for Boston, and she was like, "I hope you and Jay have the best time this weekend in Boston. Seriously, just like enjoy yourself, and I'll see you when you get back." And I told Jay, and she was so touched. She was so like taken aback. I'm having a hard time. I, you can tell by my face. I'm having a hard time. All right, let me let me explain what that's called. That's something called compersion, which is what happens when you're compersion is something we all experience. It's right. just being happy for someone else being happy. So if you watch like um, a comedy show, you can be happy for the other people in the crowd who are enjoying themselves, laughing at the comedian. You yeah. can be happy for the comedi comedian on stage who's living their dream yeah, and getting this huge yeah. thing. And it's a very similar thing. So like, I'm very happy when like people I love are happy. Okay, okay, but these women never get jealous. You never think about. Also, I want to know about the sex part, especially about like diseases. Like that's sure. what would freak me out. Like, and does sure. that mean that you always are using a condom? Because yes. like part of being in a relationship is like not having to use a condom when you're committed, which is a really, really nice part of it. You know. I, I tell you this much. So yes, condoms are always used. Yeah. But more than that, there has been some. Uh, real advances in the condom industry. There are some really, really great um, reactive, sensitive condoms that are fantastic, okay. and you should look into them because they are not too shabby. Uh, also, everyone's getting tested. Yeah, um, everybody's quarter getting tested, right. Quarterly, if not more than quarterly, for all STIs. Um, people are having, you know, frank, safe sex talks before they have a new partner. And just it's just part of being an adult and being responsible about this. Right. Um, in terms of jealousy, one thing I discovered about myself these last few years, I am not a jealous person. And I always kind of knew that, but like now yeah. I really know it. Like I'm just not jealous. Right. And that's a rare thing from what I've, right. what I've been told. Like right. men, a lot of times, especially, you know, cis, uh, straight dudes, we tend yeah. to have this possession, possession thing. I've never mm -hmm. had that. I've never had like a, I've never looked over uh in the in, uh, across the room at a party and seeing my partner talking to some dude and laughing at his jokes and been like upset i've always just been like okay okay like i'm not that way and and i think and this, and again this is not for everyone like non-monogamy right. is certainly not for everyone i'm not one of these people who espouses it which i think is just crazy when people like make their whatever they do in their life their religion in some right, way right, right. Like, i know people who are it's like people who do crossfit and they're just like dude you gotta do crossfit <laughs> it's like dude shut the fuck up i'm yeah. not doing crossfit or like people who are like into who are really into cryptocurrency oh, oh my wow. god these fucking people it's the worst so there's some non-monogamy people who are very much like that who are yeah. like yo if you think about it monogamy is outdated and it's like <laughs> shut the fuck up it's not it is actually suited for most people. So I totally recognize that. I've just learned that it's not for me uh, and that I'm able to like navigate this in a way that's like better, just better for my spirit. Um, and again, like, it's just so nice. Like, 
it's very nice to have uh, the variety of attitudes okay. and and points of view in your life, even from your from your romantic partner. Because yeah, I don't think I honestly don't think that any one person can be your everything when it comes okay. to, when yeah. it comes to a romantic partner. I don't think it's supposed to anyone's supposed to be your everything. Um, I think that we under we vastly under underrate and underestimate the importance of platonic relationships. Yeah. Um, I, I think agree. those, to, to be honest, I mean, if I had to say like, what are your positive, what, I mean, what are, what are your like, um, if someone asked me, what are your primary relationships? I would definitely say B and J are very huge up there, but my real deal, like top of the top primary relationships are like my best friends from when I was like young, okay. who I'm still friends yeah. with, who know me, who knew me before I thought I was cool. Right. Who knew me before right. I did comedy and had any accomplishments with that. They right. just know me as that dude who they were in high school with. Right. And that those are like my prime. Those are like my lifelong primary, like ride or die relationships. Right. And I think it's pretty cool that now people are coming around to this idea that like those can be your main relationships more than romantic. There's nothing that makes them lesser. Right. There's, no, like, those agree, are your chosen, but... your chosen family. Right. No, and I totally agree because I am someone who has very, very special friendships with with like, I mean, I, I also think there's a whole thing where like people think that heterosexual men and women can't be real best friends. And I have them. I have men that are my real best friends where we've never touched each other. And it's cool. And it's great. And their partners yeah. love me and whatever. But I think that there is something different because like me being single is even my best girlfriends, especially the ones that are single and up for anything, they're not your go-to. There's nobody except for like, I feel like a partner, a significant other, that's going to be like your go-to expected person to do certain things with. And maybe don't you know. don't feel that way when you have B and J that can both fill that role. Maybe that's, and I also do what before I can forget, cause I keep on forgetting to say this. How many women are you meeting and how are you getting all of them? Like I, I can tell already cause we really didn't know each other well before, before this recording that you have this way about you. You're charming. You listen, you have thoughtful things to say like <laughs> I love how you're saying I love how you're saying these things very accusatorily <laughs> no it's just like damn I'm just trying to get a date but I've been off the apps because they're toxic and now I'm back on them I just got back on it like yesterday so I I definitely met B and J both on hinge okay um I found that one to be the least uh icky in yeah. terms of like, just like you have to very intentionally message people there and like, you know, send them yeah. a thoughtful message, I think, and try to like follow up that way. Um, I've met most women I know uh, through apps. And yeah, I mean, I do place a high value on treating people really well, right? right. So like, I don't, it's weird to say, but I don't really date casually. I don't want to see anyone who I don't want to see continuously. Okay. So if I go on a first date with a woman, and it's happened recently, I went on a first date with a woman and she just wasn't for me. Right. She was really pretty. And like, we had a cute little banter on the app and then we met up. And at one point, <laughs> I don't know why I noticed this. 
I think it's because my, my dad got me an Apple Watch, which is amazing, by the way. Everyone should get okay. an Apple Watch. They're so cool. <laughs> um, I noticed that she talked 16 minutes consecutively. Oh, shit. Just 60, 16 minutes straight with no, no chime in from me at all. She just flowing. Worse than me. And, and you do comedy, you know 16 minutes is a long time to talk in a row without anyone else speaking. Because, like, yeah. a set is that long most of the time. So, like... I, I, this is bad. This is bad. And I feel bad that I did this. But at the end of that, I think it was like 15 minutes, actually. At the end of that 15 minutes, I said, uh, so uh, do you want to know anything about me? I would have probably. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I've been talking. And I was like, you have been. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's very important to like um, to have a standard since I've become uh, open I have a much higher standard for women that I will date because okay. I'm already dating two amazing women. Like one, one B is like a lawyer who advocates for the homeless. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. Correction. People who don't have homes. That's what we're saying now. Oh, I know. Uh, people sorry. who don't have homes. I'm a lawyer myself, but I, I yeah, she advocates for folks who don't have homes, which is she sued the city homes. like six times and won every time to get better conditions for people in shelters and other situations. Nice. And she's just a good person. Right. Jay volunteers at a food pantry every Friday and wow. just like gives back and like is an awesome person. She rescued a dog who's like fantastic during this pandemic and is now so happy with that. Just like good people. And my friends love them. My friends are like, yo, you're dating like cool people. So right. like to me, that's very important. So like I already I'm already dating like two amazing women. So I'm not going to like date someone who's not amazing. Right. Um, How, and that's your limit. How many is your limit? I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't really put like a um, I don't really think in those terms, but I, I definitely think in terms of like time I have and I try to have alone time. I see B and J each once a week, okay, uh, which I was is gonna work, ask. Yeah. working pretty well for us. Um, and then it's it's been nice. It's been honestly, really, these are the two healthiest relationships I've ever been in. Well, it's because you're the most honest. It's your most honest relationships, I'm sure. I'm, I'm the most myself and completely I'm not hiding anything. Right. And again, I've never felt more loved and supported and like vice versa. It's been really sweet. Wow. Um, I mean, you're very charming. I'm like, should I get on this train? Should I be your first date? No, I want to be on <laughs> you're, you're, I could see how you're like. I don't I, You know what's interesting? Let me just tell you. Let me tell you something. This is really funny. <laughs> so uh, this is very, very funny. So um, B when she, during her month and a half of thinking about whether uh -huh. she wanted to give me a, a third chance, <laughs> she did give me a third chance. And, and it honestly, it's worked out pretty well. Uh, her parents love me. I love them. Um, she said that she talked to her friends about it because I know all the, all women have like a, a, a coven oh, <laughs> of discussion, too. a discussion coven. And she said yeah. her friends told her, hey, you've actually always been happiest when you're dating a few dudes. So this is very much in line with like who you've been, but you just haven't put a name on it. You should give you should give this a chance. And it's worked out that way. She right. actually has been happiest dating a few people. And now she's dating a couple people and it's going pretty well. And then Jay, very similar. She was like, she was like not seeing anyone for like almost two years because of the pandemic, but also getting out of a toxic relationship. Uh -huh. And her and she said, you know what? I, I actually am happiest when I'm like dating a few people and like, having different energies and like going out and different experiences. And I'm going to give this a chance. So it's been really nice. Right. 
Right. So it's the right fit because I'm just not like that. I, I don't have that in me. <laughs> I, I, it's not that I'm jealous. I don't get yeah. jealous like it, yeah. what you think of as like a typical jealous person. But like, I, I guess like I want my man to be my man. And like, it doesn't help that I have um, daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my father, yeah, my father wasn't around, didn't support us and whatever. So like, yep. it, what's interesting is that after my parents, and I said this on my last episode of my podcast too, but um, uh, after my parents, well, when my parents got separated, the actual divorce took a long time. Fun fact, that's what happens when your father's a piece of shit and drags you through the family court system. The divorce takes eight years. You go wow. from four to 12. Yeah, you know. That's why I'm a comedian. You know, you got to have childhood trauma. Um, There's always an origin story. There's always real, an origin story. For real, yeah. always, always. But anyway, my mom is a serial monogamous. Like as after, like six months after my, we finally moved out of the house because you know my father wouldn't leave the house. You know, so we left, and my mom had a 17 year relationship then had like a five year and now has a significant other part. I mean, it's they're in their seventies, but it's her boyfriend. Yeah. But like significant other, they're domesticated partners or whatever. And for like nine or 10 years and they live together. And then my sister is married for 15 years with like sure. three kids. And then there's me who like, well, hold on, hold on. This is interesting. This is very interesting yeah. to me because okay. when we, when we met, we talked about dating situations and you were saying, you know, it was hard to meet guys who were just like, wanted to be casual and not like and not own you that was because i just wanted someone there to fulfill my needs while i'm out there finding my partner yeah so it's interesting so like huh i have come to believe that at least for me Mm -hmm. for me like love is about wanting the best for the person you're with yeah whether you're the person making them the happiest or making them happy exclusively whatever it is um or not so like i want b and i want j to be happy no matter what even if i'm not there right even if i'm not the person who's like the source of the happiness and i i really do think that in that way it's made my heart so much bigger because um, I just look at things like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm more open-minded with things now. And it's been refreshing to like well, feel you, like, you know. You, you what, what you're saying is like, you don't have a finite amount of love to give. You do yeah. have finite time though. That's why I'm exhausted Absolutely. by your life. <laughs> Absolutely. And I do keep an eye on that. And I, I don't overschedule myself. Um, I don't commit to things that like I know might be problematic in terms of like my schedule. I don't understand how any comedian, to be honest, who's like single is monogamous and like trying to do like a, uh, a traditional relationship yeah. because the schedule is so bad. And most people who are monogamous want a certain traditional, yeah. More yeah. traditional sti- lifestyle of like, we have dinner together and we wake up together. And it's just not, not feasible for most comedians to, to do that. We're trying right. to do it at a high right. level. So I, mean, I think that, that my, yeah. my lifestyle actually works out better for me personally with having this like weird schedule and like these two or three. I have like four jobs at this point between voiceover and writing commercials and 
stand up and like my day job. It's like a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. So I think it's the flexibility of it. It works pretty well for me as well. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, also, listen, mm -hmm. yeah, I, no, no, you no, also no. can't be with, you can't be with like people who want that traditional schedule. It just doesn't work. Totally. Um, like I, I don't, I don't perform every night because okay. I'm a lawyer and I'm tired. <laughs> like that's Same. the truth. It's, and I'm not 22, you know, yep. so like yep. doing one or two shows a week is, doesn't feel like that. I have that stereotypical comedian schedule. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, listen, I'm not on the road either. You know, I am going mm -hmm. on the like, I mean, I've had shows in Jersey, Long Island. I'm going to have my first show in Massachusetts in December. Okay, that's on the road, whatever. I'm paying to go there. I'm not getting paid. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, in therapy yesterday, I talked about how, like, the reason that I can find my specific path in comedy is because money isn't my driving factor. It actually yes. takes a lot of pressure yes. because I have a legal yes. career. Yeah. Yes, screaming from the rooftops. I have been on this thing that everyone who is a comedian who is not like killing it, which is most people, should have a day job. And that day job should give you security and mm -hmm. should make you not desperate to make it, which is one of the biggest uh, stressors in entertainment oh, yeah. is this whole desk. And also, when you don't have anything else and you don't have any anything to fall back on financially, you'll, you're much more vulnerable to be abused by the industry. A hundred percent. You'll 100%. take anything. You'll say yes to uh -huh. anything. And I don't have that anymore. I'm actually, I actually fell back in love with comedy after I got a great day job because I didn't have that pressure and that stress. And now I'm just doing it for the art. And like uh -huh. my, some, of my, some of my best stuff is coming, coming about because of that attitude. Oh, 100%. Uh, so I definitely, with, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, I will say. Yeah, mm -hmm. it makes, oh no, keep I, going. It makes a difference. Yeah, but I, and I will say that I didn't know that this would work out for me in terms of like being non-monogamous and dating multiple right. people. I was worried about like how I'd react like the first time I, you know, thought about my person with someone else or right. like jealousy and stuff. And it's just it was just kind of a feeling out kind of thing. And occasionally things come up and the feelings come up that are a little bit uncomfortable. But the cool thing about uh, what we have going on is that uh, I've dated my biggest criteria for dating someone, honestly, as I got older, is reasonable. I oh, want a yeah. woman who will not yell at me at a red lobster at some point. <laughs> That's all I want is a woman who will not yell at me in public, who will wait till we get home and then start the discussion with, I just think it's really interesting. <laughs> that's, that's all I want. That's all I want. I want a woman who won't yell at me at a restaurant. <laughs> so I don't have those kind of women in my lifetime, in my, in my circle. And, as, and it's, it's great. I have, I'm dating seriously two very reasonable women who are 40 and have been through things and appreciate being treated yep. well and know how to behave themselves in a way that's like, uh, that aligns with the, with good values. So, yes. um, I, 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 I think I that having that, having that like reasonable baseline has been so important because, you know, and that's why I can't, I can't date younger people anymore. I'm only right. dating women in their late thirties and forties now. Yeah. I mean, I think, listen, I'm a weirdo. I'm a unique individual, but I'm pretty reasonable. I don't fight like that. My ex-boyfriend that lived with me, we fought terribly. Uh, that was, a, he was emotionally abusive and he was financially abusive, actually. Like I mm. went into debt from him. Um, oh. And uh, we fought 
Like I've never fought with a boyfriend the way that I fought with him. It was fucking disgusting and terrible, Mm. but we at least kept it in the apartment. But that also is like, it's like that, that relationship didn't happen until my thirties. Right. So like, if you haven't been through things, you don't know how to be like, you don't know how to be the person you want to be in a relationship. And because I've been through things, I know that I'm not, I'm not that person. I, I am loud. I am opinionated. I have lots of thoughts and opinions on things. I'm a comedian, but I'm never going to go crazy on someone on, on a red, in a red lobster. My view would be on the street. (laughs) I would go crazy on someone on the street. It's interesting you said that because it's interesting you said that and it really resonated with me because, um, uh, Jay Mm -hmm. has mostly, and from, you know, from what I'm talking she's mostly had like pretty negative experiences yeah. with, uh, with, with relationships and guys who were just like, just crappy in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Like she's had a real plethora of every kind of shitty dude. And I've, with the one stressor we found in our relationship, and this is really pretty cool. B with both B and J we have check-ins. Okay. We have like not, not scheduled per se, but like, we'll say like, Hey, we should, let's talk about, let's check in how we're doing with the relationship. And we'll just like the next day when we wow. meet up, we'll just talk about any issues that have come up or anything we're feeling to give each other like a, um, a safe space to okay. just like bring up shit that's like bothering us potentially. So far, there's been nothing really bad. I mean, we've had like a little bumps in the road, but nothing crazy. And I, I like that because it's like a, a thing where you have to almost build up someone's ability to like bring up issues uh-huh. because when you've not been given a choice, when you've not been given like your voice to say things are not good, you can just shut, shut down and not bring them up. So yeah. I think that like, it's yeah. really, one thing's really nice is like, in terms of like, again, like the healthiest relationships I've been in is like, I've never had that felt that freedom to just like feel upset about something and then just bring it up. But now right. we have regular check-ins. So there's just time and space for that. That's and it's amazing. been it's been nice, and what's pretty funny is with Jay, like because she's only had like these douchebags to be honest, she's yeah. dated the like, losers over and over. It's hard to adjust to being treated well when you're used to being treated badly, it's which true. seems weird. It seems weird, but it's true. Like what one of our earliest kind of like little hiccups was that apparently I was too enthusiastic and positive about our relationship and she was like uh can you stop saying some of these things and i was like wait is there are those things not true are we not having a good relationship are we not doing well she's like i just feel like when you say it's going well i can't say it's not going well and i was like wait is it not going well she's like no it's going great i'm like so what are we talking about (laughs) well you know what it is but now i understand i understand now it's also that guys say I don't think that every guy's a liar. I would never want to say that, but I think <laughs> that guys say how they feel in the moment and they don't think about the consequences. So they could be like, like, okay, some part of my pattern, obviously my pattern is broke ass dudes, which is why a guy needs to have a job. My listen. Okay. I'm very Jewish. Okay. It is like no joke. Like growing up Jewish. It's funny. Um, I don't want to blow up his spot on the podcast, but but I could tell you after there's a comedian that's now my personal trainer. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And you probably know who he is. Anyway, so he was he comes to my apartment. It's my investment in myself getting these pandemic pounds off. And he looks at my bookshelf the other day and he was like, 
I am Catholic and I must be a terrible Catholic because I don't have any books and you have all of these Jewish books. And I was like, oh, you don't understand Jews. Like, it's like, ah, ah, in it, in it, in it. read this book, read this book. If you're like that kind of Jewish family, it's like everything is Jewish. Everything is, it's very overwhelming. So, and I'm not religious, but my sister is and my mom, not, my mom is more like me, but like is very traditional and whatever. And so I had to have this conversation. I, I've been talking about this for probably 38 was rough for me turning 38. It, it hit a nerve. Okay. So for, since I turned 38 at the end of June, I've had a lot of these conversations where I've talked about like opening up my dating, like, and I've dated different people before. Um, in fact, that, that live in ex-boyfriend thought he had Jewish roots, but didn't very strange. <laughs> he very strange. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, but like, I, I have obviously focused on dating Jews. And so like, I finally like had like, as we say in Hebrew, the tachlis, like the bottom line conversation where I said to her. Oh, hell, pause. Yeah. Pause. Native New Yorker. I know from tachlis. Oh, okay. I know from tachlis. Okay. I know from Yiddish. I okay, know. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Right now, right now, frankly, you're being Meshuggah. You're being <laughs> Meshuggah right now. You're very Meshuggah right now. I'm very <laughs> offended that you would feel the need to explain Yiddish to me. You're Not a known one. You, you're really, okay. Continue. Okay. Okay. Um, so I said to her, like for real mom, like you have to be open. Like this, whoever I wind up with, like, let's, make it okay that like they, if they treat me well, if they're a good person, they, they're not going to necessarily be Jewish. They're not going to be white necessarily. Like I want to date. This is so funny. You're like preparing kids. your mom for the black dude you will eventually bring home because you are a so. loud, curvaceous, sexy white woman. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope. From your mouth to God's ears. You're preparing her for your future Jamal. <laughs> I fucking hope so. This is wonderful. This is so funny. I kind of did a similar thing because I had had a pattern of dating white ladies. I dated uh, okay. some ladies of color as well. and But there was a couple of white ladies in a row. And, I'm, and my mom, I was like, I know she might be a little uncomfortable. Let me prepare her that I might not end up with someone who looks like the way she thinks. Yeah. And she was very cool with it. Yeah, my mom... Well, I will say she she's she'd be so mad if she know I talked I talked about this stuff on podcast. She called me the next morning and said, "As long as he has a, a real job, I was like, she's there's like, Jewish listen. guys that I've dated that fucking had no jobs. Like, let's, she's like, listen, you're 38, you're 38. I'm getting old. I'm not getting any younger. If you bring ah. home a Jamal or a just Deshaun or an Enrique, I will be happy as long as he's employed and he <laughs> likes my Jewish cooking. That is what we're going to do. That is what I say. I'm talking like Bernie Sanders, which is very stereotypically Jewish and possibly offensive. The top 1% of the top 1% of men <laughs> will be good for you in this life because I'm your mother and I love you and I'm overbearing. Yes. I was like, I actually had to say to her, would you rather me like never become a mother and be alone? Or would you rather me find a great guy and have a baby? 
Now, what is your what is your stance on dating? Like, we, we, when we met at the at, at Sesh, great night yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about how you were maybe looking to date casually until as you're looking for the long term person. What's your stance on dating yeah. casually as you long term look for the the person? So I think we talked about this when we were messaging recently. The problem is, is that I'm afraid of having sex with strangers, which I was not when I was much younger. I was a drunken mess that did not mind having sex with a stranger. <laughs> but I am not that way anymore. Um, sure. Thank God. And I mean, ugh, I do not drink like that. Yay, weed. One or two drinks is like max. Like very rarely do I get like that. Um but uh, the, the, in that situation, when we met, it, his, he goes by Blink-182. That's what I call him because he's in a Blink-182 cover band. Um, I know. I know. Not. He's wow. Not he's no wow. Wow. Surprisingly enough, he had a huge, enormous penis. And I was just trying to get <laughs> it to be a thing. And he lives in Bushwick. And I was at the oh, tiny cupboard in Bushwick doing a show, like a really late show. So it's like 10.45 PM and I text him and I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm in Bushwick, you should come to my show. That's me saying, I would never text a guy at 10.45 PM. That's my way of saying, let's meet and maybe fuck because we clearly weren't going out on dates anymore. And he didn't yeah. take it. And he said he was in pajamas, blah, 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 whatever. And then the next day I texted him. I was like, yo, the next time I text you at 1045 at night, your answer should not be that you're Netflixing and chilling in your pajamas, unless he had like another girl there. Your answer should be, yo, come over. And he was like, oh, I guess my libido wasn't blah. I don't know, whatever the fuck he said. And I've never spoken to him since. You know what? That's the, that's that's the right move because he was either not that into you yes. or he had another lady over and wasn't really uh, available. Yeah, I just feel like he's such a dork, even though he has this huge penis that I feel like I want to feel better about myself than his rejection. But maybe it's the penis. That's the problem. You'd be surprised. Women talk. Oh, women talk. Word of word of a big one spreads. So he's I'm sure I'm sure he's doing pretty well. Yeah, and he's like a skinny Jewish guy. Huge penis. <laughs> I don't know why people think that Jewish guys don't have big penises. A lot of them do. Some of them don't, just like any other people. Guys, you guys are tuned in to uh, Penis Talk with uh, Denit. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> I mean, this is how I talk to my guy friends. There's a penis talk with the neat uh, on the ones and twos. On the ones and twos. Yeah. So I'm trying to. So then. So basically, I've been off the dating apps because I've been like focused on myself and comedy and I'm producing the new show, The Hot Box, my stoner talk show. You should totally be on it. Um, it's awesome. only once a month now. That's the problem. But uh, hopefully I'll get a January date in December. I'll nice. let you, know. you should totally be on it. We, we all get high. It's super fun. Like this is where I can decide what I want to do in comedy. Right. And like yeah. make a name. And then it's uh, well, the first I recorded the first uh, show myself. Now I hired a videographer because I want on YouTube. I want to make a YouTube channel. So everybody has to be OK with it putting themselves on YouTube. But anyway, it's not a traditional stand-up show. Like it's not your own material. Anyway, whatever. The point of that is that I was focusing on myself, focusing on work, the hot box, everything. And dating was making me feel sad. But now I feel like 
okay, let me go get that Jamal to bring home the Dr. Jamal. If, if it was Dr. Jamal. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got to bring home some kind of doctor or somebody for her. You know, I don't know. And anyway, that's sort of where it is. I mean, I never thought it in my life that I'd be 38 and single. Like I remember starting law school and I was like, if I don't graduate with a ring on my finger, I'm just going to die. I'm going to die. I thought I was going to die. Well, here I am still living. I mean, I would uh, suggest to you that that's just like a very outdated way of thinking. I know. And and I think that honestly, and again, I'm not a proselytizer for non-monogamy. I think it's definitely not right for 90 something percent of people. Yeah. But I do think there are people who could benefit from opening their minds about their relationship uh, shapes. And some of those right. people are people who are married and are in loveless, loveless marriages or sexless oh, yeah. marriages. And they have a wonderful connection, but there's like this jail that someone is in because the other person doesn't want to have sex anymore. Or right. a situation like that, like there's no reason to not open things up in terms of like, at least you're thinking. So yeah. I don't know. I think when I, when I hear people say that I never thought I'd go to college and not end up with a fiance by the end of it or law school, it's just a different way of thinking about things. Yeah, yeah. I just wish by wish that biology was on women's side. Absolutely. You know, that would be Absolutely. nice. Because then I really wouldn't. Absolutely. If, if biology was, if I didn't want to be a mother or biology was different, totally, I'd be totally fine. I have a great life. Like I am looking yes. at other people that like yeah. are unhappy. I don't, mm -hmm. don't want to be that person. And I have a great, I really do. I'm a lawyer. I live on my own. I have a huge apartment. I am a comedian. Yeah. I have great friends, family. Yep. Everything's great. I mean, these are things, these are things that frankly, people should value more. I know. Um, whenever I talk about my good fortune, the main thing I think about is just like, I have so many people in my life who love me, who are like my long-term friends, who yeah. are my family, who are like, people I'm dating and it's like the most important thing. So uh, I think that like, is if we, if we can just center things that make us happy and think whether they're like the romantic goals, the, the milestone goals or not, I think we're just all be a lot happier in general. I know, you know just like, I agree. Cause it really just gratitude is the main thing. I like I, that's the main thing I learned during this whole time. Like, man, every day that I wake up and I'm like, little upset about something i'll just try to go back to gratitude like what's my gratitude mm -hmm. list today let me just list the things i'm grateful for and all of a sudden i'm like oh, i got nothing to complain about right i i write down three things every morning that i'm grateful yeah. for in an app yeah <laughs> it's yeah. great it is great it's great it's great it's it's, it's, it's fantastic yeah. it's great it's so nice and i'm in therapy and you know therapy's whatever. the best my therapist actually helped me realize i should give non-monogamy a try that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, she's very cool. She was like, yeah, you know, I told her I was thinking about it. And she was like, yeah, it sounds like something that's like worth exploring. And like, you know, you also have to, you have, to have a code for yourself and like yeah. rules. And as long as you're like, you know, uh, set in your honesty and like truth. And I think this is a great thing to take a look at. Yeah. So on that note, if there is, if you could get down and dirty with anyone with no consequences. Okay. So your consequences, I guess, God forbid, could be a disease <laughs> or that you yeah. get them pregnant when you don't want a kid, like no yeah. consequences. Okay. It could be a celebrity, someone that we both know, whatever, who, who is someone that you 
or or like actually i'd love to know like who's a celebrity that like fits your type that you would be like oh my god i'd love to like get a drink with this person go out on a date hmm it's a hard question i don't know that i have like a hard and fast type Mm -hmm. I definitely like a curvier lady okay. in general has been my pattern. Um, but mostly this physically, but in terms of yeah. like personality, I like a really talkative, um, funny, uh, opinionated lady. That's mm -hmm. been like nice. the type of ladies I've ended up dating. Uh, and when people won't talk, I just won't go out with them again. Yeah. Uh, if someone's just like pulling like blood from a stone, just like clamping oh. up and like nothing to say, I got no interest. Uh, so that makes it a little more difficult to well, narrow who's down a to celebrity. celebrity? That's, your, that's the curvaceous type that you like, like physically even. Somewhere between, I mean, I've, I, when I was younger, I had a big thing for Sama Hayek. Okay. Uh, and then as I've gotten older, like I probably am a fan of, um, uh Ashley Graham mm. uh or like a uh there's not a, not a lot of like I'm, I'm a big Beyonce fan as well okay um Beautiful. and Beautiful woman. I, have a, I have a I got range baby I got range uh there's there's a, there's a few Instagram models who were like uh who are very famous for their butts who I've unfollowed because my 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 New Year's resolution last year was to unfollow all the butt models and get my my explore page back to just sneakers, pit bulls, and comedy. Okay. okay. And uh, I so far, so far, so good. I got sneakers, I got pit bulls, and I got comedy in my and basketball stuff okay. in my explore page because They're before it was just all real. butts. It They're was like butts on butts on butts. They're not real. Uh, no, I, I'm a big fan of the natural big butt. Okay. So I, I would, I, I can, I can identify a uh, fake butt because I've been in Miami a bunch of times. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can sniff them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miami. I'm not a Miami. I know when I see him. I know when yeah. I see him. Yeah. Okay. So plug the shit out of yourself so that our listeners, the few that I have, can go find you. Yeah. I mean, you can find me at Khalid Says uh, on Instagram. All my stuff is there. I'm uh, also often uh, on the G train, uh, just <laughs> hanging out, just waiting for the train. I'm there. I'm there waiting for the train. Uh, I have a show that I co-produce with my buddy Gabe Pacheco called Big Break Stand Up. It's every second and fourth Saturday at Bluebird. We took over that show in July. It's been very fun. Um, and uh, yeah, we are we out here. We out here just <laughs> living our truth. Living our truth. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun.